I welcome to the podcast today a former three-term counselor from the city of Waterloo. He was first elected at age 30 in Ward 6, the Central Columbia Ward, in 2010, and was successfully elected for two more terms in 2014 and 2018 before stepping down after three very active terms as a counselor and during his last two terms, acting as a chair of the Finance Committee. During all of that time, he managed to get his master's in planning at the University of Waterloo. I'm pleased to welcome to the Old Grey Mayors podcast, Jeff Henry. Jeff, welcome. Thanks, Rob. Good to be here. Yeah, so um, I was curious about the master's in planning that you decided to get. First of all, I want you to tell our listeners what your educational background was going into being a counselor prior to. Sure. Yeah, like, like so many people, I moved from you know the GTA here into, into Waterloo to go to the University of Waterloo. I took uh, computer engineering as my as my first degree. Turns out lots of my classmates were really good at all the stuff you use every day. And uh, that really wasn't my my passion. So my, my class went off to the Valley and to Seattle and Vancouver. And then, you know, these days they just stayed here in Waterloo Region. And I went into student politics. And while I was doing, you know, the student student union level politics, I did a I did a Bachelor of Arts in, in political science. Uh, the university would pay for some of it for their employees, which was great. Uh, but let me learn about the theory of all the practice I was doing in, in, in politics to, to understand people around me. So that that was the background that I had um, in it prior to uh, prior to joining council, uh, where I then did a planning degree for, for the same yeah, so reason. Let me, let me just yeah. uh, just back up for a second. So you got this computer engineering degree, but you end up going into a field that doesn't really apply the engineering degree. Well, part of the pitch I, I made in the in the first campaign uh, around that was that, that I was a I, I could bridge oh, no, the no, 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 conversational divide. Your, no, I know you're Jeff, not in the campaign. But this was this was my pitch. This was my pitch, even for the student politics side of things. Okay. Right, it's a, yeah. that you can you can bridge the gap between different disciplines, and I could speak engineering. And I could speak arts, and those are that's a huge divide on campus, right? Uh, and and I, I was I was a better practitioner at, at helping people understand, you know, technical details that made sense to non-technical people than I ever was at doing the technical things myself. Okay, so there's a your passion was in that direction more so than being the programmer or what have you yeah. or whatever you do. Oh, oh God, uh, like I I, it, I I thought I loved it when I came, but my God, I definitely hated it by the time I was done. Um, and, I, and that's okay. I mean, a lot of a lot of kids will say because we're kids when we go to university, right? Uh, uh, go off to think they want to do something and, and and switch gears later on. Nothing wrong with that uh, in terms of finding yourself. Uh, uh, I, I remember there's a book called uh, "What Color Is Your Rainbow," and it was uh, basically about wh- where do you land in terms of employment opportunities? What sort of things interest you? Where do you want to go? And uh, you know, things change over time, and you never know for sure what path you go. But you you obviously found a path passion in this area of advocacy and, and eventually public service. Yeah. No, and that's, uh, you learn by doing right. And, uh, and I, I, I had the honor of being able to do that very quickly uh, in the student politics world. I, I was you know, chair of a federal you know, lobby association on, on behalf of sort of post-secondary students, about 24 universities across the, the country and colleges that were 
were part of that. So I was on the, I was on the Hill. I was in the PMO and I saw Stephen uh, Harper when he was leader of the opposition. And you, you're trying to convince them to do things that are good. And sometimes so it works. So so sometimes it in, doesn't. Yeah. Right. You're in heavy on federal politics, uh, provincial politics as well. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, uh, I didn't have a title. I was just one of the gang, one of the gang of right. six or seven that we had, uh, working provincially. And we were very successful. I met Bob Ray when he was doing the post-secondary uh, review for the McGinty government. And we we got a lot out of that process. So I, I, I learned a lot about how to how to change politicians' minds uh, and, and get things done for, for, for constituents when I was young. So you must have had, though, it, this is interesting because I remember my own path was uh, being actively involved in various predominantly federal and provincial campaigns. And so you always have this this vision or idea that maybe that's where you want to go. And you don't really think of the municipal field or arena as, as a spot to be effective or uh, of interest. Uh, did you go through that sort of uh, uh, internal uh, reflection? Absolutely. That was like, I, I came, I came of age in the nineties. My parents were teachers. I walked the line with my teachers and was at, uh, was at Queens park during the tumultuous Harris years. So I cut my teeth on, on provincial politics. And I always thought yeah. that's where, I'd be most interested uh, on education policy and and the rest because it's just so important. But uh, but you know you, it, during the student advocacy role, the the city of Waterloo was having challenges with student accommodation, and some of my colleagues were working with the city on actually the the first plan in the in the sort of area near campuses that I ended up representing, which we'll get to later. Yeah, uh, but. But but I, I saw through osmosis the city work on planning issues and student housing issues and I, I wasn't engaged on that but it was sort of niggling in the back of my mind. But right, I know right, I hadn't right. I hadn't thought about municipal politics too much. I was I was very focused elsewhere. In our uh, discussion before today's show, you'd mentioned uh, leadership Waterloo, and uh, just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, leadership Waterloo Region was an organization started in two thousand to sort of say, look. Lot, there's 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 lots of old gray mayors. There's old gray leaders as well. How do we get the next <laughs> generation young, involved? And a young, a lot of young <laughs> leaders yeah. too. Yeah, and, and so the idea between the old leaders was how do we get the young leaders? And so leadership part of the region. Um, there were other versions of this in other areas of the continent. Uh, was trying to train the next generation and get them engaged in the community and understand and plugged in. And so in my second round uh, of of student politicking. Uh, I, I joined. Uh, I, so I, I took the program for uh, for a year, and uh, that that really exposed me to parts of the region I hadn't seen, problems that we were having in the in the region that I didn't know a whole lot about. Right, I, one of the first visits we had was down to the Cambridge Self Help Food Bank, which gave me two insights: one on on poverty and how food banks work; two on Cambridge. At the end of that, I, I was asked to to join the board of the Canadian Mental Health Association's local branch here in the. Here in here in the region and, and in Guelph, uh, and uh, and so that that was even further exposure. At that time, I was working at the University of Waterloo in sort of student support services, and uh, among my many hats was dealing with students that had had um, either mental health challenges or addiction challenges or other things go wrong in their educational journey, and they ended up when they ended up on my doorstep, things were really wrong because we were trying to figure out how to how to sort of patch things up. So I I, I went through Kleenex in my office. I felt like I was 
Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't have a bachelor of social work, but boy, I, I felt like I was learning that on the job from well, from you know, So being able to connect on that was really right. helpful. But they could let somebody know, and you were listening and trying to find opportunities to help them through that, especially with the young kids, especially now when they're seventeen and heading away from home. I know I have three daughters and went through that whole. I know you have young Finn, uh, so you, you'll you'll be looking forward to that uh, sooner than you realize. And all of a sudden, they're like, "Okay, I'm off to university." And you're like, "Well, oh, wait a minute, How, when did this all happen?" <laughs> They're so young. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the RESP is there, but the idea that it will be drawn from is years <laughs> in the future. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. So how is it then? Uh, so it's I mean, Leadership Waterloo, great organization. Unfortunately, I think it's not operating anymore. It ran into some funding problems. In the uh, last year, it seems to have yeah, fizzled on yeah, the line. Yeah. Which is very unfortunate and, and sad to see that go because look, it, it's created so many people who've been able to learn more about uh, contributing back to the community. I mean, there's, you can't count. You can't add up or value the positives that uh, come out of that. Um, so how is it then that you decided to run for council then? Well, I, I was doing a lot of community events. I was involved sort of in provincial, you know, party politics and, and the rest. And, uh, and so I, I was trying and, you know, done some board work and leadership on Louisian and the others. So I was trying to be, to be known, but I was at a community event in downtown Kitchener uh, and, you know, an individual sort of tapped me on the I knew tapped me on the shoulder. Uh, Benton Leung of the Waterloo Voter Support Committee, the, the citizens trying to help people understand what's going on and encourage more people to run. Right. Uh, and he said, "Jeff, have you considered uh, running for munis running municipal?" And I had not. Um, but then I, I'd spent the next three months trying to figure out if I should, and then if I should, how. And and so that really turned my mind to from looking provincially to looking locally and understanding that maybe there is a role I could, I could play and watching things play out on council and then making a decision to run. Do you recall what some of the things were that you did to uh, help you formulate your decision? Well, I, you know, I, uh, I started going to council meetings, <laughs> yeah, watching what was, what was happening uh, and, and watching the, the decisions that were being that were being made. I went to the new year's levy and, and sort of talked to mayor and council. I, I'd already been, seeing some of the existing you know counselors out at community events and and having conversations with them but just to get a flavor of what what the issues are and what was what was coming downstream and it was it was quite obvious to, to me that there were there there's a role that I could that I could play uh, as as someone that um you know really tries to build build sort of consensus and understanding between between issues because council seemed to be having some some challenges making making decisions or responding to some issues in the in the community. Uh, there was talks about uh, you know amalgamation was in the air back in 2010 right. as, as well. Uh, it was showing up on the ballot, and you know council was sort of rather than taking positions was punting questions to to, to community. And I, I I saw a role for council to play there. Similar on on you know fluoridation. Um, as an important mm -hmm. health intervention, but again, <laughs> just well, we we could have medical experts, or we could punt it to the community uh, and uh, and make make a decision uh, sort of by counting yeah. counting really yeah. angry heads, right? So, and, yeah, so and we light rail transit into... was coming up, so there's a yeah. whole lot of issues that were sort of showing up, right? That, yes, yeah, and, and then and then in the in the ward I ended up running in. Um, there were increasing bubbling tensions between, you know, long-term residents and sort of newer, shorter-term residents, uh, uh, people that might become long-term residents who are going to school, right? The, the student, non-student tensions were huge 
And, yeah. and, and those were areas I thought I could I could contribute to. So I was watching those happening. And you yeah. know what? I can do something about that. I can help. So let's let's all well, I said because you say something about that. You, there's a whole lot of that's in that uh, comment that you just made. So for example, um, I know uh, when I did the podcast with Melissa Durrell, uh, similar to sort of what you said. I mean, obviously, as her, as a reporter, she's observing council meetings all the time, and and you're watching council meetings as as part of your preparation or or decision making process. And she sort of has a similar concept, a, a comment that she's watching these council meetings and feeling that decisions that maybe should have been made were not being made and being punted down the road, as, as you say. So I found that interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and she and I uh, got to share an office for the eight years that, that, that she was, she oh. was there. Water, Waterloo buddies up, right? Nobody gets yeah. their own space. Everybody. You know, it happens in like Cambridge. Cambridge is the yeah. same too. And uh, half of regional council, uh, the mayor's always, uh, the, the township mayor's always buddied up. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and so we, and, and then, you know, and not to get too far ahead of it, but yeah, it's uh, we were the two newbies in the 2010 council, six people, including the mayor return. And we were the two newbies and we shared an office and, and we, we were able to sort of, you know, help each other through the growing pains of, uh, Drinking from the fire hose of information and challenge that is joining a yeah. joining council and and sort of help each other out and and we had I think complementary personalities and orientations to dealing with issues. But <laughs> I, I, Melissa I, I, had fourteen yeah. ideas every minute, and I yeah. had a whoa 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 let let's let's talk this through <laughs> and see what we might do about about one one or two of those things right. And so and, we and we worked very well together. And you can say fourteen things in a minute. <laughs> I can say fourteen things in a minute, or I can say one thing fourteen ways in a minute. Yeah, um, right. But uh, uh, but 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 yeah, we we. We got along famously, I think. The other thing you mentioned, though, is uh, going into 2010, you, you also commented, uh, you know, council could make a decision or punt it to a referendum. Yeah. What's your, I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm of the view that, look, you're elected as a council, you make the decisions, you can't do everything by a referendum. But what, give me your thoughts about that. I, I wanted to, to explore what you had said there further, what your thought process yeah, yeah. was Yeah, well, this, this is, uh, uh, you know, th this sort of comes from you know, doing politics and practice and then trying to learn about it in, in theory. So I, I think this is where part of the grounding in political theory and different modes of democracy and understanding what it meant and the role of, right. of people and representatives was, was something that this played a lot into into my mind on that. Um, the system we have is representative democracy. You elect people to go off, learn a bunch of stuff, and make decisions. And yeah. there's a role for citizens that sort of ebbs and flows. But the larger the community, the harder it is for people to be ind individually involved in these things. And the more you trust in, in folks to make uh, decisions. And life right. is very complex these days, right? The, yeah. um, the idea that you can boil down complex social or political issues into a black and white, yes, no, count right. heads question, it, it is rarely something that, that is the best mechanism, uh, in my view, to, to sort of deal with these complex interrelated challenges that, that we're facing, because they're not black and white. They're not, yeah, they're not that simple. Right. And, and hence, when I was first elected mayor of North Dumfries Township, Ken Sealing's first one of the first comments to me was that uh, your circle of friends gets smaller. And it's because you start making decisions that are, you know, are not going to be in favor with some of your friends. And eventually those things do happen because you're 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 tasked with making decisions. The community through election has said you make decisions on our behalf. You run this thing called the municipal government. And if we're not happy, we'll see in four years. Uh, that's to me the general approach. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you, you know, over over time, you, you're a rolling stone. You gather some moss. Uh, it, it slows you down. And sometimes you have to tell your campaign team on the reelect. It's like, that. we're not going to knock on that door. Um, they're currently embroiled in a lawsuit with the city that they blame me for. So we're not going to knock on that door. Um, <laughs> so it's just, uh, and we'll get to this thing about the tension because that sort of leads to Northgate yeah. when you're talking about the existing neighborhood and the universities. And it, it, it harkens back to my days as a Laurier student and uh, Albert Street, one side of the street with the beautiful homes and the other side of the street with all these student housing. But uh, you, you weren't the ones burning couches on, on Ezra back in the, uh, no, back in my, the early 90s. Not on Ezra, no. And actually, my wife lived on Ezra way before Ezra became Ezra. So became a brand. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so um, just tell us about the election. Uh, so I'm sure your opponents didn't say they were going to use your young age against you uh, during the campaign. Wow. <laughs> oh, they did, you know. Oh, yeah, okay. I, tell us about it. I, I, I think uh, I don't know how well it, it worked. I do know that one of the candidates was because uh, uh, you, you, you hear, right? These, you, you don't get to do right. anything and not hear back about it because the grapevine is 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 pretty tight here and here in the small, small community. Uh, but yeah, there was some other candidate, another candidate going around that was you know, saying negative things about, uh, about what I was trying to do uh, oh. saying, I, I, I remember you know, hearing the, it's like, well, Jeff only ran because nobody else was running. So he's really just trying to get in. He's not really here for the, I filed third. I filed uh, third. I was going to ask <laughs> right. you, did you file first? Uh, like, <laughs> oh, no. I filed third. Um, yeah. so, it, it, but just factually inaccurate piece, uh, yeah. uh, that, that were going out. And I remember at, at the Rogers debate, um, back when Rogers still hosted, you know, I know, I know. Debates, don't get me started on that after I, this last I, campaign. I, I, I was, uh, my debate was the 41st uh, out of 41 that they turned down. We, we were the last <laughs> one in the cycle. I, I looked up my, my notes the other day from that and I thought, oh, that was interesting. Um, but, uh. <laughs> But no, because you're, you're chock-a-block. There were four candidates in our race. It was an open seat because the incumbent was running for mayor. Uh, and lost. Oh, so just so that was uh, yeah. Jan Dai. Yeah, was the incumbent yeah. in, in, in Ward 6. He got elected in 2003, the post-Rim Park. Turf everybody on council and bring in new people elections. It was a seat um, change. And also all, the all-male election, which brought the, the municipal, Women's Municipal Campaign School and so much great change, including uh, in Waterloo. So, so, some um, good things do happen out of some yeah. questionable things. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the all-male council resulted in us now actually leading leading the country, I think, in, in, in having sort of a council that that sort of has women leadership uh, dominating. Uh, and, yes. and that did for my terms as well. But getting back to like the Rogers debate, there's four of us standing next to each other. Everybody's got their notes on their tiny little podiums and i see on the on on the, the candidate next to me that he's got an entire sheet of attack lines he's trying to use against me i see them <laughs> i see them like i see the headline on the other piece he he wasn't able to use them yeah uh but but you know it, these are the kinds of things that happen during a during a campaign i got to do a closing statement first i never wrote those down ahead of time i wrote them during the okay yeah uh, dur the during the debate to, to right. sort of react to the debate yeah. Um, rather than come in having it having it stand pat, but I, I I saw his sitting next to me. I got to go first. He had a couple of lines in there, so I just worked those in, and it just sort of totally threw off. Oh. <laughs> the next time. So, like, yeah, if you're going to come in with a sheet of things to attack Jeff with, uh, I'll just use one of your turns of phrase that you were going to lead in with, and and that was you know, right. sometimes campaigns can be you can have a little bit of fun. I do recommend, though, uh, having something written just in case, because I remember the very first time I ever did this was when I was running for mayor. 
And so you have your opening and then you have your closing. And I had an opening and I was like halfway through it when time was up. So I, I, yeah. uh, I, I realized, so, so that when I was doing the closing, I, I stuck to the script, read it quickly to make sure I got it all in on time. <laughs> I, I, I had one of those where we're based on how the opening went. Yeah. Um, I had, I, I had some, I, I was scratching off some, some things during the debate. It's like, Nope, can't get to that. Nope. Can't get to that. Nope. Can't get to that. So you ran then just to wrap that up on the election, then uh, you ran against, uh, well, uh, there was a former politician, uh, uh, Mike Conley. Yeah. Uh, and who else uh, were you up against? Uh, Ed Korshevitz, who is the Neighborhood Association president in in Beechwood Park, uh, and actually lived uh, just just down the hill from Mike Connolly, uh, and uh, and also Ann Crow, who's a, a doctor with with Grand River, who who lives actually in the oh. in the shadow of my building over on the other side. She's just down the street from me. She was a yeah. candidate. Yeah. Wow, because I know she does some work through Freeport as well. I've actually had some, that, that's some clients works, yeah. that have been seen by her. Uh, I didn't yeah. realize that. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and the thing about municipal politics is I, you know, I won with 30% of the vote. I had about 250 votes clear. The rest of them were all clustered within 30 or 40 votes of each other. So I I, yeah, I was ahead above uh, above some of the rest. But yeah. uh, so I, fe- I felt pretty good about that. But you never get rid of, of these folks because they're still your neighbors. So um, we'll get to we'll get to Northdale. But like the, the committee we set up of citizens on that had Mike Connolly and Ann Crow on. Um, okay. And and the nice. sort of neighborhood stuff uh, in you know Clare Lake, there was a huge fiasco in the Beechwoods around sort of a right, right. Uh, there was a, a thing human about made sort of pond. Yeah, about yeah, cleaning that up that had gone on for for years. And I was on the councils that finished the job. I didn't start it, but Ed Korshritz was sometimes on on those meetings. So uh, yeah. they were they were all around. And then you know not to get too far ahead, when Mike Connolly passed. Uh, passed away, uh, his widow a year later, um, moved not just into my building, um, but onto my floor at the end of the hall. Uh, so like, it's a small, nice. and, and we had great chats over yeah. like the coffee yeah. socials that we were having in our, in our condo building. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, it's a small town, right? You run against these folks. You can't run too hard because no. you're, you're always going to be next to them. Yeah. Can you imagine, uh, it wasn't Mike Conley on regional council. I think him and Doug Craig were quite the Mavericks, uh, on that. So just dealing with that. The been... were an interesting time. <laughs> yeah, been something else. But, um, so, and, and that brings up the point that, uh, you know, through municipal politics, one nice thing is, um, we don't have party politics. Uh, so you can, you know, work with anyone, no matter, no matter what their stripe may be on issues that you mutually are interested in, or even, different, but bringing different opinions together and then just going together and working on the next thing uh, together, uh, which is what I found kind of refreshing about uh, municipal politics. You're able to, you're not, you're not tied to a, a leader or a platform. Yeah. Yeah. You get to think your own thoughts and you're responsible for them uh, and choosing whether or not it's appropriate <laughs> to, 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 to sort of say them out loud. Um, so let's, uh, just give me a quickie. We talked about this on term limits, and I just want to get your view uh, uh, about that because you, you know, you, 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 you ran. You were there for three terms. You decided not to run, and we'll we'll talk about that. But what is your view on term limits? Uh, I was just curious. I, I I don't think it helps to constrain choices that that people have in in elections. Uh, I I think when a politician has reached their best before date, um, the electorate can smell it. Uh, right. and, and, and certainly Waterloo's history, uh, they've been very good at turfing people, uh, when, when they feel that they're done. Um, 
I, I mentioned the 2003 uh, in 100% turnover because they were just done with council. After rim, the Rim Park issue came to light. Yeah. But, yeah. but telling folks they can't have representatives around the table uh, because they know too many things about how things work, uh, that they're too effective because they've done a lot of stuff over their terms, just because they've been there for a while, um, is denying the electorate an opportunity to have good representation. Uh, well, it well, does just allow to be... you to kick out bad representation <laughs> you can't seem to get rid of, sure. but it has a negative, right? Just so. to be clear, a term line is just that they're turfy them because they've been there three times, not because they still have good ideas or don't have good ideas. So we're not, that's no, not, there, you know, it's just, it's are, just whether they've been there too long or not. That's, that's right. All. Exactly. There are fresh faces <laughs> that have really old ideas. And sure, there okay. are folks that have been around for a while that, uh, you know, reinvent, re reinvent their views because they, they're engaged with, with the community. Right. Like I, I went back through three campaigns and I, I could, I could point to evolution of where I had, uh, you know, an evolution of, of views or emphasis on certain aspects of what we focused on. Right. Sometimes it was, I, I got in term three where I wanted to be in term one, but knew the community wasn't there yet. But right. by term three, we were because we worked on it. Um, and and that's, that's funny you mentioned that because we had this discussion too. Again, I'll bring up Melissa Durrell's uh, comment about how long things take. And we had this, we did this show on, uh, on the Mary Allen Park situation. And, and I kind of said, well, you, it's, I guess sometimes once you're inside, you realize it does take time uh, with all the different yeah. parties and every, everyone else involved. People don't realize how much consultation, how many different levels of government and staff and, and community engagement uh, that you want to do to bring everybody in before you make a final decision on something, which to someone might seem, oh, that's the obvious decision right from the start. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, the fix was in. That was always the decision. It's like, oh. no, no, the, the number of <laughs> off-ramps between the start and the end where right. that would not have happened, uh, people don't really see how, how many how many opportunities things have to get derailed yeah. on the but way to go. Just to wrap up on the term limit comment, I guess going back to your point, it's, I mean, it, there is some truth to that because before Brenda, who was a two term mayor, you had a string yeah. of one term mayors uh, in Waterloo. Yeah, Waterloo, uh, uh, Waterloo was quite happy to try you once and then try somebody else, uh, <laughs> which was uh, Brenda, Brenda bucked the curve. And then Dave Jaworski came in and he did two yeah. terms. And yeah. Dorothy, in her inaugural address, uh, inaugural address uh, basically said something that she shouldn't, which is that she hopes that she could have a second term. You don't say that on your first day, but, <laughs> but it is something that so, you know, it, it would be a new tradition. Yeah, well, it, it, it harkens back to that age when you look back at these one-year term mayors, like uh, so many people, you know, one year, and then someone else comes in for a year, another person for a year. It just seemed yep. very odd when you look back at the historical uh, representation. Right. And, and, and we can do budgets another time, but like the, the old way of doing big capital projects was you had to go to the public and get authorization through a, through a vote before you could debench your money that would extend across uh -huh. a couple of terms. So you'd spend that one year or two years on council pitching doing something then you vote on it and then if you get back in well now you can do it right and, and it was it, it's a different it's a different way of doing things um so i, I just want to when you were getting up to speed because now you're newly elected I mean, you have some political background from your various lobbying and engaging at the different levels of, of government um what were some of the things that were important to you uh right off the bat to sort of get up to speed to become a, an effective counselor yeah, the, the two issues that flew right out the gate at us, other than the municipal budget, because it was December and that's when those things yeah, show up. Yeah, but the two big right. issues um, that were 
really important in the ward, but also citywide, where um, where, where the sort of student housing challenges and the fraction and, and, the, and the rental housing challenges that we were having in Waterloo. So over Christmas, we got a first draft of uh, updated rental housing licensing regulations because yes. there were lots of there were bad actors out there uh, that uh, taking advantage of, of folks. There were upkeep challenges and tensions between neighbors and rental housing. Um, and, and issues of safety and illegal conversions of spaces that don't have light or act, you know, oh, so many issues yeah. in, in rental housing pieces. And, and the city had through about six or seven years since, you know, the courts broke the existing system through a ruling and getting new powers through the municipal act, we're finally ready to start legislating. So that was coming right out as I was coming in. At okay. the same time, um, the very first meeting, the city was approving, council was approving terms of reference for the Northdale Stakeholder Committee to work on sort of the secondary plan, sort of the, a new revised planning framework for the neighborhood near Laurier and, and Waterloo universities, where, again, those simmering tensions had been boiling over for, for a period of time with, with right. long-term residents, and, and the plan wasn't working for, for, for the community, for, for, for anybody. And so we had those things right out of the gate. Um, that I had to sort of read, get up to speed on. And in, in the case of the Northdale piece, uh, I wanted to put a marker down at that very first meeting that the the existing condition, that that doing nothing was not an option. Typically okay. in these studies, you, you, you review the do nothing in addition yeah. to the other pieces. Yeah, it's and I had the that, first option, do nothing. Yeah, well, you're evaluating against something, but yep, the community wanted to exactly. change. So I, I was changing council direction in my very first minute on council by slashing that out of that direction. And so in the half hour before going down to the council meeting, I was in the director of policy planning's office to run some language by him that I wanted to, I wanted to put in. And so we all understood the language that we were going to put in and that, it, that, it, that I was going to suggest and what it meant. And so when, when the mayor sort of looked to staff, when I raised this uh, as a change, um, they looked to, they looked at the director of policy and said, so Jeff says it means this, and that would do these things. And it, it like, he's new, right? Basically. Yeah, uh, what do you think say? about that? You're the new guy. <laughs> yeah. And, well, what, what do you think about that? And, and what he said, well, you know, counselor Henry is correct. This is doing, it will do these things and yada, yada, yada. Cause I got my ducks in a row and I knew how to, I, I knew how to do that part on right. day one because of, of some past exposure to, uh, to, to politics, but it wasn't what I was expecting. And advice I'd gotten uh, after I got elected, Catherine Fife had, had sort of said, "Keep your head down for the first six months. Don't get into too much trouble. Figure well, out there's, there what to do on all these view, things." Right. And then, but I didn't. I didn't have the opportunity or the option. On day one, I had one of the most yeah. important issues in the ward coming up, and it needed it needed direction from the ward council. Right. So for I had a lot to of people, roll up the sleeves, do it. Yeah, for a lot of people coming in, uh, you know, the advice is keep your eyes and ears open and and the and the mouth shut. But yeah. but I mean, you had you had experience uh, in a sense in in governance, uh, and uh, obviously you knew enough to to uh, you know check with staff on on something you wanted to do right off the hop. So I'm sure that that uh, caught some attention from the uh, senior members of your council. <laughs> it, it 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 did from from folks that were that were around, right? I mean, I, I'd spent a campaign trying to pitch that I would be, I would have a thoughtful, deliberative approach to, to issues and that I would give you more than five word answers on what I thought should, should happen. That we, we try yeah. to speak in paragraphs that you do, people deserve to know the reason why folks are doing things. And even if you disagree with me, you understand I've come to it from somewhere. I haven't just had a knee jerk reaction to it. I've been, I've been very deliberative and thoughtful and interested in an issue before I come to a position. And I just want to say Northdale, 
is in your award, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're the just, award just counselor. Yeah. Yeah. Responsible yeah. for for that. So it was a big part of what you were doing and dealing with. Yeah, and to orient people who are looking at a map, the sort of University Avenue, King Street, Columbia Street, and sort of Phillips Street. So the boundaries of Lake yeah. Laurier and the University of Waterloo, right. and a couple of other of those pieces, um, where I think folks can look around at the skyline and see that over 12 years, there's been a lot of change. Okay, let's talk about, first we'll talk about the licensing thing, and then we'll jump to, we'll, we'll finish off with uh, Northdale then. So on yeah. the licensing piece, I mean, that is still in place today. Is that correct? Is that, because uh, I, I don't own any rental housing in Waterloo, so I'm not sure what goes on in Waterloo. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's uh, it, it's it's had a number of sort of modest changes because uh, you always make incremental changes to, to programs uh, yeah. as, as they go through. Um, but, but yeah, it's still in place today. But it, it, makes, it makes sense to me that there would be this sort of process. I mean, because... You know, the city is looked at, municipal governments looked at to ensure that uh, people provide spaces that are, or, or people rent spaces that are safe uh, for them. And that's what bylaws are all about, uh, you know, ensuring that whatever space is created meets certain standards. And that's really what the licensing program is all about. And then there's a cost to maintaining all of that outside of your property taxes, or you can do it all through your property tax base. But this is making those that want to offer space, ensuring that they're providing safe and adequate space. Is that sort of the, the gist? Yeah, I, rental, rental housing is a business. And so it, it yeah. needs some regulation as any business does to make sure that it's acting in the public interest and not just in the private interest. Because as I said, so many times that I got sick of saying it, everybody deserves a safe place to live. Why are we yeah. doing this? Well, like it, that's the five or six words and you say a lot more about it, but fundamentally that's what we were going in for. And Waterloo's had a long history in this area, right? Waterloo started regulating right. lodging houses in 1985. Um, arising from some challenges of, of people in, in having issues in basements. I, I can't remember whether there was a death or not, but like there was a significant usually issue. Usually some tragedy, right? Yeah, it's some tragedy, tragedy sparked, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sparked that regulation. And, you know, when, when we came to the early 2000s period, um, there, was a, there was a court ruling in divisional court that basically gutted the rental housing regulations that, that the city had. Um, the Terry Good sort of decision on on those, uh, and made it very difficult for the city's regulatory sphere to, to work. There were some changes the city lobbied through, uh, town and gowns, so that sort of this university community you know, groups that are set up in places with big universities and small towns, lobbied the province. Changes in the Municipal Act came in 2006 to sort of open up some powers to do broader rental housing regulation, not just in lodging houses, right. uh, uh, but in in sort of any rental rental accommodation, uh, which we targeted around the low rise space. And so by the time we were at 2010, we'd done all the work. Some others had gone before us. Oshawa and London had sort of dab, dipped, their, dipped their toe in the water. Yeah. Um, so we had some ideas of where the legal pitfalls were right. <laughs> and yeah. what to do. And we brought because there were some uh, there were challenges. Right. And so we, we avoided them. Uh, and. And and we had a council ready to ready to regulate on on some of that, but it was it was raucous, right? It, we yeah. we released this thing at the be just after New Year's. Then we go to the New Year's levy, and I spent the entire New Year's levy, you know, the, the sort of big fun shindig that council sort of hosts the community for skating and cookies yeah. at yeah. the beginning of the year. <laughs> yes, um, and exactly. I had a lineup of angry landlords in front of me the entire time. Yeah. including somebody who is telling me, pointing at his like six-year-old uh, uh, who's standing beside him saying, you just, what you're doing will mean that my kid can't go to college. 
Like in front of the kids. Um, kids. And we were called Nazis. We were called, right. you know, Chairman yeah, Mao. Yeah. We were called Mary Antoinette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were yeah, called yeah. Stalin. We, we were called everything on the political spectrum. Were, shows. These folks horse. needed poli sci 101. You're um, a Trojan horse a, candidate. <laughs> yeah, I, there, so there was... It was it was raucous. And, and and then we had to start getting the public in. Right. So I did lots of meetings on, on that right away to and yeah, we made so some amendments. Public so we got meetings, yeah. Public meetings on the proposed legislation. Uh, yeah. and, and there would be some modifications. Did it did it uh, did it get approved during your first term? Yeah, we had that. We had that approved by May. 2011. Okay. So in the inside the first six months, we, yeah. we released it yeah. and, and done a couple of drafts and, and got that done. And this was also where I was introduced to sort of politics on the fly. There was sort of a, a, a triumvirate of counselors um, that sort of controlled, you know, controlled, but, but sort of counseled usually went the way that the group they were influential. sort of went. They were influential, <laughs> the mayor and a couple of others. And on the way out of an in-camera session to go into, uh, into the meeting uh, to, to make a decision, they dropped a bunch of amendments uh, on us, hadn't seen them um, oh. that they wanted to make to them. Uh, and so that was that made for an interesting meeting. I managed friendly, to friendly amendments, <laughs> amendments they wanted to make uh, to, to sort of deal with some feedback that they'd heard. One was on changing sort of we had different classes of licenses, but the most common one was limited to sort of you could rent three beds. And they said, well, it should be four. Landlords had sort of asked for some of this community was sort of pushing back. Oh. Um, uh, and the other was whether there should be criminal record checks for for landlords, and there was one or two others that were relatively easy uh, to to deal with. But yeah. I, I pushed back on eliminating the criminal record check, uh, and I won that argument um, uh, at count. So that was one of my right. you know I forget whether I got that one four three or five three uh, you know through, but right. I, I held right. the line on that and pushed back against against that group on the size of spaces from three bedrooms to four. I, the, the argument was made that, well, this is trying to align these regulations with fire code regulations. And so during a break, I, I pulled the I pulled the chief aside or the deputy chief uh, fire chief who was on that and said, is this true? Yeah. Like, I don't I, I haven't had time to vet this. And, yeah, yeah. And he says, yeah, yeah that, and he said, yeah, that's that that's true. This would be helpful because of this and this reason. Like, OK, I can agree to that. Right. Like yeah. I can. But it, it was it was fast and, and furious. And this, these are the early days of the public having Twitter. So I'd gotten a note through my through my email from because I think my wife was watching Twitter uh, and, and she said, Jeff, look at this. This is the idea that this would disappear. The criminal record check piece is blowing up. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so it, it was useful to sort of know that if I was fighting a fight, it was be, like there are people reacting live to what the heck are you people doing? And these were folks that had supported it in right. part because this was going to be in. And yeah. we, we were the only municipality that went through this rental housing licensing piece um, that had student association support. Right, most of them uh, okay. were pushing back because the landlords scared them about cost. Right, they yeah. trying, and, and yeah. that didn't end up really happening. But they were scared about that, and so at every other municipality that were trying it, the students were against. They were in favor here because we'd worked very yeah. hard on that, and and I was losing them. Right, so it was very important to to sort of push because it, it was very important to say we all did it. Right? Yeah. We did it together. Yeah. I think that process, what you're just describing, shows you the importance of, you know, do you think uh, whether, uh, you know, someone's watching something and deciding, should I participate or not participate? I, I don't know if it matters or not matters. Err on the side of participating because you never know exactly what's going to what's going to grab and what's going to happen and, and, and offer your voice uh, in, in the public debate. Yep. 
Yeah, so it's important to hear from folks. I mean, you don't always get the decision you want, but it's important. Yeah, I mean, you need police checks for all sorts of things. And uh, I think I, I needed a police check for something on regional council. I forget what it was that I had to get. So, I mean. Yeah, like it, it's common and pervasive. Um, yes. And heck, the police station just opened next to all the rental housing here in, in Waterloo. <laughs> so it's not hard to, to go into North Division. Yeah. <laughs> just a coincidence. <laughs> it so, just happened okay. to be where the Lazy Boy was. That, that That's where the police went yeah, into so, in Waterloo. So, so, so you got it in. It's it stayed in place. Were, were there court challenges or there weren't court challenges? Yeah. So oh, yeah. yeah, we were taken to court. We knew that. Yeah. Um, but it, I think I can't remember whether we went full on decision or whether it was dismissed or whether it, but, but, but it survived the court challenge okay. um, because right. a, a similar court challenge had been filed in other jurisdiction and, and came down in the municipality's favor. So, I mean, they were also barking up a tree that had been barked up before, uh, which uh, makes it easier for the defendants on on that case, yeah, right? <laughs> or yeah, the respondents, I guess. Let's jump to Northdale now. So, yeah. uh, so, uh, so to talk about so Northdale is that area you described. It's a pretty massive area. It's uh, you know uh, we would always uh, characterize that as student housing generally. Um, yeah. You know, I can remember as a young kid uh, biking my way from uh, Herb and Weber up to St. David's uh, when I went there from grade seven to ten. And I'd be biking up Regina Street, uh, you know, up the hill to Columbia. You know, yeah, just these houses. Yeah, it was a big hill, but it took me off at King. And uh, but you know, I remember years later going up that same route, not biking, but I was driving, and I was stunned by the number of large dwellings that uh, apartments and condos and or apartments or what have you that suddenly populated everywhere. But you know, yeah. tell us about the genesis of the whole North uh, Northdale. Uh, issues that arose. Yeah. yeah. So, and actually, while well, I was in a research group while I was doing my master's uh, work that looked at a 30 year history of student housing regulation and policies in the city of Waterloo. Oh. So, I mean, I could give a much longer take. We don't, but there, there are papers published that became part of the dissertation of, of, a, of a colleague of mine who's now a professor in Montreal and is getting quoted in the press around international students in housing these days. So, like, right. it, it's a wow. small circle. But anyways, it's, it's a very short synopsis. If you think back to, to sort of the early 2000s period, you had something called the double cohort. That's where grade 13 was eliminated in Ontario. Right, you were going right. to get a bumper crop of two times the normal graduates all heading off to university. And municipalities yep. like Waterloo went, oh, my God. Right. What are we going to do about this huge influx of, of, of people? At the same time, um, the city of Waterloo was starting to hit its boundaries. It was forecasting it was going to run out of land. Regional growth management strategy is something they were talking about regionally that led to LRT and other things. But it was, we need to start growing up rather than continuing to grow out. And for Waterloo, that wasn't just a nice to have. There was no space to keep growing out. It had to grow up. Right. And so those two things are landing at the same time in the early 2000s. Uh, student accommodation study, how are we going to account for the growth of the universities, including the double cohort, and how are we going to accommodate population growth in general? Huge community process. I was doing student politics then. That's where I was seeing this for the first time. And so the first Northdale plan, as I'd call it, you know, came into, came into four in 2003 through 2005. And it was build up along the avenues, right? Allow more density along Columbia and King and University and fill up. And this neighborhood inside, this 1950s neighborhood with people that moved in to original houses and now we're, we're right. sort of aging in place. Yeah, and I, we're knew, overrun I knew people by, growing up. Yeah, yeah, I knew people in and, those areas. And we're overrun by sort of rental housing mm. in part because of the Terry Good decision at, at court that meant the city couldn't space these out anymore. These things were just starting to be taken over. They felt overrun. 
Um, and so they said, well, the city's plan was suck them out of the neighborhood into all this new density around the edges. Right? That was basically the 2005 plan, the nodes uh, and corridors, height and density policy review, but with the student accommodation spin. And they made regulatory changes uh, to, to housing to try to space out rental houses. So I got the order wrong. That changed two years later. Regina King area would be that periphery then area? Where yeah, 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 it's a, it's a, yeah. Uh, and, and it extended beyond sort of the today boundaries of Northdale. It, it went yeah. north of Columbia into the neighborhood. It went around them. But to try to say, let's put more housing here so we can have less housing there to take mm -hmm. pressure off of, of the neighborhood. Right. So the, the first part worked. The second part didn't. And right, it was, we, we yeah, had new yeah. housing, which was great. Um, and we got, well, issues but uh but the, the the sucking sound didn't happen in the neighborhood part of that and i had the order wrong the court decision came after this and so okay. the spacing part of the regulation didn't pan out right um, okay and so you couldn't space them out and every everybody was saying and so the residents by the time 2010 was coming around were just ticked at the city they didn't trust the city the, the city and and the councilor and council was saying like look we've We've got a 20-year plan. It's five years in. What do you mean you want to tear it up, right? Right, right, uh, right. We put all this work in. Uh, it, yeah. it, let, let's see how it works. And the residents were not having any of it. And so I joined their cause uh, uh, in, in the campaign, which is not an unuseful thing to do to get elected. But I also agreed the plan wasn't working. They, right, back right. in 2004, I know that the plan we suggested as a student's union as the university, the city didn't do. And I thought we should try that one. Um, and so uh, I had, I had an idea of what it, what it was that might work. Um, and, uh, which was you know, more density and sort of corner stores and, and those kinds of mixed use neighborhood right, to introduce right. density and vibrancy and say, that's what this place should be. Look at the location. It's what it's screaming out to be yeah. instead of rundown 1950s houses overrun by too many people stuffed into them. How about we have new housing? That meets the new needs and meets the new century, right? It's mixed so, use, it's so sustainable, people can you, walk, all that stuff. That was yeah, it. So just pause yeah. for a second. So yeah, so it seems like initially it's like you know these these established residents are concerned, and so the the municipality tries to respond with a plan that deals with their concern of preserving their neighborhoods as they were through the 60s and 70s and 80s and and and, and you know that sort of thing by this as you say uh build it build a, intensify around the outer edges and and that'll you know lessen the need for converting these homes to student houses but yeah because of the growth in in the population base of the students it's, it wasn't happening and so they continue to have these issues in the court and now you've brought a different viewpoint to it basically yeah yeah. And I, I, by the way, finished third in the poll in, in Northdale because the, the residents uh, thought that they should all just get all the rental licenses they possibly could. They didn't like the density plan when we started. Um, so I, I did not do well in Northdale. Um, okay. with, with sort of, cause, but but I, I, I vetted it through some of my colleagues who had taken planning degrees and like, that this could work. Um, and so here we are, we're starting this process. We're forming this sort of stakeholder committee of yeah. universities, student associations, long-term residents. We brought in some mixed use developers. This is right, first, this, this, is, this is right out of the gates that you said, right? This whole Northdale yeah. plan. Yeah. First meetings at the terms of reference, then recruits. And then in two months we had people and we had a committee wow. and here's a terms of reference to hire a cons an outside consultant because nobody Oof. trusted the city to do the work. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we went outside uh, to, to do some of that. We formed the terms of reference that we brought them in. And the next year, we were meeting like at least twice a month, three hours an evening, 
thick policy books that we were reading through, probably stacked almost as tall as I was by the time we were done, of, of proposals and discussion papers and comments and the rest. And, and we, we, we had you know, community, you know, here at workshop tables, people could design their neighborhood, people could put stickies on that. You do all that engagement. We had some large, you know, turn out 100, 150 people showing up at these sessions uh, to come up with a new plan for Northdale. But let, and me, the but let me ask said, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let me ask you though, I mean, you've, you've got the older established residents. What sort of new plan are they looking for? They want what they had before or they were open to a new idea? By the time we got into the study, they'd come around. Um, I think I think they finally saw dollar signs, uh, some of them, um, <laughs> right? That you know, they right. hit you up so in my neighborhood, I actually make out like a bandit. Um, yeah, right. Uh, so right. there are some that probably had that motive. There are others that I think came out of the planning arguments of like, the, you're not going back to the way it was. And so what, what will work in the future? And there are others yeah. that, right? So. Um, so they, yeah, they, they, there I mean, was, the die has been cast, right? I mean, the direction, the, the, the dam is, is sort of, well, it's moving in a direction and you're not going to, the toothpaste is out of, out and you're not going to put it all back in. Whatever your favorite expression is. Yeah, right? exactly. It's, uh, that's where we were. <laughs> uh, and, and so what change will work rather than should there be change, right? Because change is happening whether we legislate it or not. And we don't like the change that's happening without us providing a new planning framework. I guess and, there's generational yeah. change too in a neighborhood, right? Over time, uh, people are getting older, what have you, and they're starting to to move on. Their kids are out and uh, they're sort of yeah. elderly now and their kids are living somewhere else, probably not looking to be back there anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was time, right? I think it, you, if there's one thing that I've, I've learned from not just these 12 years at council, but all of the political work I've done before, it's that you got to strike when the iron's hot, right? There is a time for all things. Some ideas have to wait because they're not ready yet, right? The, the, the conditions on the ground aren't ready for the ideas. Um, well, and then they are, too, and you got to yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, too, in terms of the change in the neighborhood, when you start to see schools closing that have been vibrant, active for a while, that's also a good indication that there's not a lot of young families anymore in that neighborhood. It was. Like uh, St. Michael's, right? for example. Back in my day, you know, I was at St. Louis, St. Agnes, St. Thomas, St. Michael's, yeah. uh, Lourdes. Yeah. You know, these are all vibrant yeah. uh, Catholic yeah. elementary schools up to grade six. Yeah. St. Mike's, which is now the Lazaritas um, yeah. you know, Economics, Math, Business. I forget the whole school name of, of it. But the Lazaritas School. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, and then and then the Northdale Public School, just a few blocks north, which Laurie also owns. Um, wow. And it's mostly a research facility. It's got a community garden in the back, which is actually very active and a very nice right. part of the neighborhood. Nice. Uh, and, and, and it's next to WCI, right? The Waterloo Collegiate Institute, which was Mayor Halloran's alma mater. So, I mean, everybody had sort of an interest in, you know, Mike Whaley grew up across the street. There's a so council right. had an interest. Um, and they're all uh, seeing in, the change the, the that's happening. Groups. They are. They're all seeing the changes happening in this neighborhood. And so, so what was the general idea then for what, what, the, the consensus concept for Northdale then? Yeah. Well, and, and this is where we had uh, the community actually sort of write the vision statement rather than the consultants do it. Um, and, and so I'll, I'll read it to you because it's the best way to sort of encapsulate mm -hmm. the summary. Right. Great. This is you know, 2012. Uh, by 2029. Northdale is revitalized and re-urbanized into a diverse, vibrant, and sustainable neighborhood integrated with educational, residential, commercial, cultural, heritage, and recreational facilities and improved open space, pedestrian, cycling, and transit networks. It was the idea of turning it from like a sleepy 1950s suburb 
Yeah. Uh, as which is what the planning framework said, even though that's not what was happening on the ground, into that diverse, vibrant, mixed-use neighborhood, that sustainable where people are walking, biking, and taking transit rather than driving, um, because they're next to everything they need, uh, and and it houses the growth in the universities, and uh, okay, you're able to reintroduce you know more people because you've got spaces that will work for for different kinds of right. uh, different but kinds. In of terms folks. of the housing concept, so th this is an intensification concept. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. It's, so the planning permissions were like around the edges. It had already been sort of authorized to go up to like oh, 25 stories. Massive. Um, but <laughs> massive. Uh, that, that had existed for, for quite a while. That was pre-existing. Right. It just yeah. hadn't been built out fully. Right. But then inside Northdale, the lower part near Laurier, uh, uh, you could go up to 12 stories. Uh, and in the rest of the neighborhood, four to six um, was sort of possible with different density. So low density in Northdale could go up to six stories. Uh, and and sort of meet uh, meet and, some of that. And, and so this was uh, with time became generally accepted. Uh, what time frame were we talking about in terms of you know your first meetings and all the subsequent meetings to the point where there's an actual plan that's adopted by council? Uh, the plan was adopted in June 2012, so a year and a half from when the council term started. Uh, mm. About a year since we had the consultants on board running it. It was what we were told by the consulting team extraordinarily ambitious in terms of timing and we got it yeah i was going to say we made the it, timeline it was it's an ambitious plan with an ambitious timeline i mean that that i think is probably largely unheard of to have uh, that sort of change so quickly or uh, adopted so quickly yeah well, we had the commitment of council uh staff were you know but behind it we had we had paid enough money to to have a consulting team ready to put the hours in to do it and they did come in under budget there was still some money left which is good, uh, and because uh, uh, we, we needed it for some to, to kickstart some things, and okay. uh, uh, and then and and you know the committee sort of came around to a consensus viewpoint. It was raucous at times, but we had a, a broad consensus. Um, if there was anything, there were folks that saying maybe that's going to be too much housing and too much density. The the universities were saying, and boy, am I glad now, looking at our current housing crisis, that we had a plan that was much more future-proofed than yeah. uh, folks were thinking in, in 20, 2012 because we need all the housing we can get. Well, yeah. I mean, intensification. I mean, Waterloo is way ahead of the curve in terms of student housing. I mean, you go to any other, like my girls uh, went to Queens, Ottawa, um, um, uh, the Guelph Humber, you know, trying to find them places to stay and everything else was uh, very difficult. I can't imagine what it, yeah. now I grew up in Waterloo. So, uh, you know, my uh, my Italian mother took care of me, so I had no interest in moving out at all. So, and I live five minutes from Laurier where I went. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so my friends were getting places, but I can't imagine what it would have been like if we didn't have uh, the initial uh, around the ring. But now with Northdale, the additional uh, and, and the acceptance of the neighborhoods uh, over that. Yeah. Well, the, the sort of purpose built, you know, student housing, right? It, yeah. It's not a technical legal term, but it, it's a form of housing that, that you sort of see, uh, certainly saw in the latter 2000s in the early sort of phase that was really targeting students. There is more purpose built student housing in Waterloo than in the rest of the country combined, right? Like yeah. that, that was yeah. sort of the data that, that we were seeing. So this was the epicenter, folks that learn how to do it here, have tried to do it in other communities and have been moderately successful to not successful in some places because there's a resistance to the idea that you should accommodate and house students. Even though the vibrancy that comes from universities into right, your local right. economy, into yeah. jobs, into your local tax base, uh, kind of wouldn't happen without them. 
Uh, we're, seeing, <laughs> we're seeing the problem now with the, uh, you know, foreign students and uh, yeah. saying, come, come learn here, but we don't have spaces for them. Yeah. Yeah. A huge and, problem. Uh, it, it's a huge problem. Study that, that came out in, in sort of September uh, in, in Waterloo is the first update in about seven years. Uh, we, we've started that under, under, you know, my sort of council terms to sort of do those, do those updates at town and gown and really understand what the dynamics were. And then in the mid, 2010s, the idea was, oh my God, we've got too much housing. We should like put the brakes on. And I said, hold on, hold on. Yeah, One, we're yeah. going to need it. Two, the vacancy rate is now up over 3%. We now have a renter's market for the first time in 30 years in Waterloo. Why are you saying this is bad? Right. And, right. We, and what you saw in that data is prices flatlined, which uh, or went down and on an inflation adjusted basis dropped over yeah. that period because supply okay. works. Yeah. And and then uh, Conestoga opened their campus on University oh. Avenue, and uh, and then the rest is, is history. It's now it's now it, it used all the excess capacity and then some. And for, so and now for we, we need more students, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah massive, uh, massive. Um, just quick, uh, quick, uh, let our listeners know what uh, Larch Street and Woonerf is. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, just high, high level, uh, right? Part of, we, we definitely had the land use plan to sort of say what could private developers do, but it also came with a streetscaping plan we sort of did later for what happens in the public realm. How do we create this vibrant, reurbanized community where people are out and about and doing all of that? And the idea is the consultants that it came up with that we uh, put into place was have a pedestrian first street, right? A Wunaf is a Dutch term that means shared street, but it only functions to share space between cars and people on foot or with strollers or bikes if the cars aren't moving very fast, right? So it's designed to be like 20K, you know, 20K speeds where there aren't really curbs. People can sort of walk about and do some of that. And it was one of the last ribbon cuttings I got to do before I left council was, was to open yeah. that street uh, officially. Uh, and that was, that was a very exciting sort of. And that's located, uh, approximately where, uh, it's located between the, the, the two former elementary schools that, that closed down uh, so in the heart of the neighborhood between Northdale public school owned by Laurier and Lazaritas. Right. And okay. the idea was, this was a good street. It would be flanked by density, but it's in the, it's a bit of a North South spine between post-secondary institutions and, and the rest. And that over time that would become a high pedestrian, uh, thoroughfare and and so it was the right place to try something something new and so the city got to learn about how to do that so jeff we're gonna we're gonna wrap up in a minute um uh, but uh tell me uh how do you feel about the northdale work that you did it, it was a phenomenal introduction to how communities can work together to come up with new ideas as i as i said i i got a, i got elected with an idea of what the plan should be and the plan that the community came up with together through this process was different than what I had, right? But it worked. It was different from what the residents were thinking, some of them during the election time. But we ended up in a consensus place that, that worked. And the, the, the private sector has built, has built that out in spades. They took it up immediately. They, they absorbed the need. And we've been able to learn a lot at the at the city about about creating these kinds of these kinds of mixed use spaces. The, the regulations there led to some of the things we yeah. started doing citywide yeah. around shadows and tower performance to to be able to to be able to get uh, get the sun down to the street. 
isn't that sort of the essence, the seduction, the the joy of municipal government, the opportunity to actually build your community? I always say it's like real life. Uh, my kids used to play a game called, I think it was called Sims, a computer program where you'd have these buildings yeah. and that sort of thing. This is real life Sims, uh, the opportunity to do those sorts of things. Yeah. And, and in, in real life Sims, sometimes a pandemic comes along. Right. So it's, you know, it's like, <laughs> there is a reality between doing some of that. But but I I live just outside the neighborhood, but I have windows that, that look onto it. Certainly when I go up to my top amenity floor at the top of my building, I I, right. I, I, I always used to go up to the walking track that we've got there uh, up at the top of the building and just look yep. at all that was happening over the 10 years I was gone council, because every time I nice. went up, something had moved, something had changed. Well, Jeff, we got uh, lots more to talk about in a second show, like 30 kilometers, finance, uh, a whole bunch of other things. We'll even maybe touch on Evolve and other environmental stuff. So listen, thanks again yeah. for being part of the show today. And I look forward to our next discussion. I, I, I do as well. We can talk about how we funded this whole project too. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening to another edition of the Old Grey Mayors podcast. If you have any ideas for stories or people you would like us to interview or reach out to, please feel free to contact us. And thank you again. <laughs>